Okay, God is here. Amen. He's here. Amen. Do you believe it? Yes. There's a real presence of God here. It might just be me, because I'm about to preach. But there is an anointing here today. And I'm not just saying that. I really believe that God wants to do something today in this place. And the series, Who Do You Say I Am?, and I started last week with looking at um, I am. I am God. I'm God Almighty. I'm your provider. I'm your gate. I'm your shepherd. There's so many expressions I am of who he is. But do we really know who he is? That's the question. Do we really know this king that we serve, this Lord that we serve, this one that we love? Do we know everything that he does for us, all the benefits that we have with him. Do we know him intimately? Do we spend time with him? Let's turn to Exodus 3. Because this is about him. This is about who he is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Father, for the revelation of your word today. Thank you, Father. Lord, we come with open hearts to hear your word. We declare that we're good soil. The word today goes into our hearts and our hearts are ready. They're soft. They're fertile. They're ready for those seeds to be sown yeah. and to produce amazing fruit. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we went away, uh, the leaders, we went away to uh, the KF Leaders Conference beginning of this week, Becky, Simone, myself and Alan. And uh, we had an amazing time. I would have to say it's probably one of the best conferences, leaders conferences that we've been to, or maybe it was that it was just very timely for us with the season that we've been in and the new season that we're moving into. And there was something powerful that happened on the Tuesday as we prayed together, something very powerful that happened. And I really believe it was a, um, a, a breaking point, a breakthrough point that things are changing in the spirit here for us and that there is a new season for us to run with him. And let's just look at this uh, story um, that we know very well, or most of us all know very well, about Moses and the burning bush, starting at verse 1 of chapter 3 of Exodus. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, 
God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. We'll just stop there for now. God had to do something to get Moses' attention. He was going about his business and he was tending the flock. And that's what he'd done. He'd gone to the far end, but he'd gone to the mountain of God. He'd gone to a place that was holy. And You know, sometimes we're busy about our day. We're busy about our life. We're busy doing things. But somewhere inside of us, there is this desire and this knowing that actually there is more. There is more. There is more. You know, we don't want to live dull, boring lives, do we? We want to live lives that are an adventure with God. So he took... His, the sheep, the flock that he was tending to the mountain of God. But he was just there doing his job. I don't know if he expected anything to happen. And then suddenly we have this amazing picture of the burning bush, of the angels speaking through the bush. And sometimes God has to do things to get our attention because he's speaking to us all the time. He's speaking to you and he's calling you all the time to get your attention because he wants to work through you. He wants to move through your life. So put your name in that place because he's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. He wants you to come close. He wants you to come and hear him because he has something to say to you. He is the all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, all-seeing, incredible, awesome God. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he wants to be with you. And he wanted to be with Moses. And he had something he wanted to say to Moses. But how did Moses, what happened? God called to him, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So God said to him, take off your sandals. For 
the place where you are standing is holy ground. I'm just going to do something symbolic now. I'm going to take off my boots. So apologise for my socks. I think they're okay. I haven't got them. I don't want them up here either. This is holy ground. The place where we come, the place where we meet with God, the place that we come before him is holy ground. And he said, take off your sandals. What do we need to take off when we come before the Lord? What do we need to take off? Not just our feet, but our lives. What crowns do we need to lay aside that stop us from hearing God, that stop us from encountering God? I will gladly lay aside my crown of of senior pastor if that means that God can move through me and do something through me. I'm Claire. That's how he sees me. He sees me as Claire. He doesn't see me in my role and in my job. He sees me as who I am and who I am in Christ. And this is holy ground. Are we ready? Are we ready for God to speak to us? Are we ready for a move of God in this place? Are we ready for God to change our lives so much because we need to be so effective for him? Because he is mighty and he wants other people to know how mighty and awesome he is. Are we ready? Are we ready for a move of God? Are we ready for reformation? You know, we talk about revival. We've talked about revival for years and years and years. But we actually, we should be a revived people. If you're born again, if you've given your life to Christ, stop looking for revival because you should be living in revival because you're a revived person. But when you talk about the word reformation, we're talking about reforming society. We're talking about seeing a change. We think back to the reformations that's happened in the past. Do you know the impact in the past that reformation has had in this country and the way the church has been at the forefront of seeing slavery abolished, of seeing orphans being housed and fed? of working in society and so I could list so many other things where the church has actually been at the forefront and we saw a change but we've got into a society today where we're chained to other things we're chained to money we're chained to work we're chained to the mobiles and the iPads and everything else that we carry around and we've got so many things shouting to us that are loud God wants to say be still be still Put it all aside. Put, put everything down. Your, your phone does not define you. The appointments on your phone do not define you. The number of Facebook friends don't define you. The number of Twitter followers don't define you. 
Christ defines you. And that's the message that we bring. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready to bring that word that brings freedom to our neighbours' lives or the person in the supermarket or the person at mother and toddler or parent and toddler? Are we ready? Are we ready to be the light and to impact? And after Moses said here, he said, at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. You know, when there is, the only reason he hid his face is because he knew it wasn't right with God. We have got access to the Holy of Holies. We can go where our predecessors could never go. We can stand, not just in the throne room, but in the Holy of Holies, in the whole of the heavenlies. That's the place where we live. Karen coined a fantastic phrase a couple of weeks ago when we were in our prayer time. She said, I don't know if it was hers or if she got it from somewhere else, but Karen, take it, claim it. <laughs> but she said, you know, when we're in the heavenlies, the enemy can't attack us. We're out of bounds. And if we would understand, if we would live there, if we would live where God has intended us to live, the enemy can't get to us. Because we know the freedom, we know what we have. But, but the enemy, he prowls around like a lion and he's seeking to devour. And Moses hid his face because he knew he was not right with God. And that's how the enemy works with sin in our lives. Because he wants us to sin. He wants us to walk away from God. He wants us to argue with our husband and wives or wife <laughs> he wants us to be at, at dis-ease, dis ease with people in our life groups people that we relate to he wants us, the devil he wants us to be sick and ill He wants us to be depressed. He wants us to live with lies that say we're no good, that we're failures, that we can't do anything. Because he knows if he can get us to that place where we feel I'm not worth anything, that we think that we cannot come into the presence of God. And that's the exact opposite of what God wants. God wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He walked with Adam and Eve. Even when Adam and Eve sinned, God could have gone, right, that's it, I'm not going to meet with them, I'm going to kill them off and start again. But did he do that? No, he came in the cool of the day the end of the day, he waited and he came. And he t- 
talk to them. He asked them questions. I haven't got time to go into that now, but you can go back and have a look in Genesis 3. Because he wanted relationship with them. He wanted relationship. God longs to have a people just for him, a people who walk with him. We need to walk with him, not him with me. I need to be in step with God. I need to be in step with what God is doing in that he wants me to do. God's not going, okay, where is Claire? I've got to try and get in step with Claire. No, that's what I should be doing. I should be doing, I want to do the will of the Father. So I need to get in line with him and walk with him. And that's why it's so important to have that time with God, to listen to him, to hear him. The initiative is with God. Do you know But God's waiting for you? He's waiting for you. He's waiting to spend time with you. You know, it's not, okay, I get up, make my cup of tea. Uh, okay, let's read the newspaper. Let's do this. Let's do the other. And okay, oh, I got 10 minutes. Let's go sit, sit down. And okay, God, I'm here. That's not, no. He's been there all the time. He's been there all the time waiting for you. Would we let a friend wait who'd come round for coffee? You know? Would we let a friend wait? No. But we let God wait. And all the time he's like, he, he wants to be with you. He wants to wrap you in his arms. He wants to, you to come to him in repentance when you need to repent. When you're, when you're ill, he wants to come and he wants to give those words of healing to you. When there's, uh, you don't know what to do, you've got a decision that you've got to make. He wants you to come and be still before him because he has the answer. Let's have a look here, verse uh, 14. We have, I'm not going to read the, path, the bit up to it, but basically God speaks to him, and that's what God wants to do to us. He wants to speak to us. In verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am who I am. It talks about, it specifies an immediacy, a presence. I am who I am. The word uh, Yahweh, Jehovah, is Lord. Lord, that's the proper name for God, Lord. And they write it, you know, it with L-O-R-D in capitals, the Lord. But I am, I am means to exist. I am. I exist. So when he says, I am who I am, he's saying, I exist to exist. And whenever there is a double thing in the Bible, it's because he's making a point. 
If you look at what it says really in, uh, like John, where it says, I am the gate, it says, I, I am the gate. It says, I, I am the good shepherd. I, I am the bread of life. It's a, a definite, there's no question about it. I'm emphasizing it. I, I am. And he says, I, I am who I am. Refers to the word Lord in Deuteronomy 6, 4. It says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I think it's at the end of that verse. And here it means the Lord is self-existent or eternal. The only God that is eternal. You know, in last week in... uh, Jeremiah, was it last week? We were reading about all these gods that man make, that are made of wood. But our God made us. Because he is creator God. He is creator God. So the Lord, I am who I am. God also said in verse 15 to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. The Lord. The Lord. Eternal. I am. And there's another expression of his name I want us to look at in Ezekiel, the very end of Ezekiel. The very, very last phrase. Ezekiel 48, the very end of 35. It says, And the name of the city from that time on will be, The Lord is there. And Ezekiel was talking about the temple of God. He was talking uh, how the temple was destroyed and then a new temple was built. And uh, in 44, I think it is somewhere, no, 47, it talks about the rivers flowing from the temple. But at the end, what happened was the temple was filled with the glory of God. Filled with the glory of God. And it says, the Lord is there. The glory returned to the temple. 1 Corinthians 3. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? You are now his temple. God is where? God is here. God is there. God is in you. You are his temple. His spirit lives in you. And his temple is sacred. You are sacred. You are holy to him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 also talks about your body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. His glory resides in you. It lives in you. 
2 Corinthians 6, 16. It says, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You are full of his glory. You are his temple. And we need to understand that the mighty, almighty, incredible, awesome, wonderful God lives in us. And we carry that anointing. We carry his glory everywhere that we go. Every person that we talk to, every person that we minister to, we need to understand what we have. Yes. This great God, awesome God, holy God, perfect God. I am who I am. He doesn't change. He cannot deny his character. He cannot change. I just want you to close your eyes. This is what God said to me this morning, and I believe it's a prophetic word for the church, for now, for each one of us. So just listen to it and some bits may be very relevant to you I just want you to receive what I'm reading just receive it into your heart I am here I am not far away so that I cannot be reached I am here I long for you. I long for time with you. I am here. A still, small voice in the middle of a life of noise. I am here. I watch over you guide you, lead you. I'm here when you turn to me. I am here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am here. I am enthroned in glory and splendor 
Yet I choose to walk with you because I made you and I love you. I am here. I am here. Cloud and darkness cover the earth, but my light breaks through the clouds. Sighing and sorrow will disappear and my joy fills the hearts of those who look to me. I am here. Night turns to day. Shadows disappear. My light fills my temple, fills you, my church. I am here. I am here to heal and restore, to protect, to unite, to quiet the raging storm, to free the lost and those that are bound. I am here. Be still. Let me speak. Listen. In a minute, in a minute we're going to pray for the worship team, uh, individually for each one, and uh, somebody's going to get a couple of others from next door. I just, while we were away, I talked about it at the beginning, while we were away, on the Tuesday, so something powerful happened as we met as a team and prayed, it was all part of the conference. I'm not even going to begin to explain what happened. Um, but I just want to share my heart a little bit. Those of you who, who will know me will have heard me say this before. You know, uh, there is a longing and a desire in our hearts for a move of God. And I truly believe that what God is going to be doing is going to be something that is sustainable. The problem with... Uh, revivals or, or whatever you want to call it where God turns up for a year or, or for a little bit of time is it becomes so intense that we can't actually cope with it and we're not ready for it and I believe God is starting a process here with us so that we are ready for what he wants to do through us as a church and I really believe that we have now got freedom to run that there is a change in the spirit. There is a freedom that has come that as a church we haven't known before. And there is a shake-up that is happening. We, Alan and I have known times where in times of worship people have got healed. Where there's been such an expression of love hit the whole congregation. And people have just gone over in the spirit. We've seen times of people just crying out to God, running to the front, 
and just crying out to God, unsaved doing that, because they know how desperately they need God. We've had um, an, an unsaved person in our church once who came up to us and said, what's the fourth level of tongues? We were like, what do you mean? And they said, well, the first level you sing, you're out of tune. And the second level, suddenly you're in tune. And the third level, you seem to be joined by a whole group of people, which I presume are angels. But the fourth level, that's when the mist descends. What's that called? And some of you in this congregation will have been in that meeting those times. What are we, what are we expecting? You know, I, I want people to get up out of wheelchairs. I want blind eyes to open. I don't want, I'd love to lay hands and see that happen, but I want you to do that as well. I want you to so desire and long for God to use you that you see ears open when you're in the supermarket. When you dare to say to your neighbour, can I pray with you? We were in a car park in France and this woman, you can't, you can't buy paracetamol over the counter in France. You have to go to a pharmacist to get it. You can't buy it in a garage or in Tesco's or anything. And we were in a service station and this woman saw that we were English and came up to us and said, do you have any paracetamol? And we all said no. And then Clive went, hold on a minute and ran after her and said, I haven't got any paracetamol, but can I pray for you? And he just, he rebuked the headache. He just said, I rebuked the headache in the name of Jesus. Didn't lay hands on her, didn't do anything else, just rebuked. She looked at him. She started to walk away and then she turned around and she said, it's totally gone. Totally gone. Just like that. Because he dared. I've seen a leg grow. I've been at a meeting where somebody's leg, one was longer than the other, shorter than the other. And I watched as people laid hands and I watched that leg grow. What have you seen? What do you want to see? What, when you think about Salford, when you think about wherever you live, Bolton, what, what do you see? Do you look with the eyes of faith? Do you see things change? Do you see an area? Do you see reformation in that area? Do you see boarded houses glazed and families lived, yes. living in them? Yes. Yes. Do you see whether a youth hanging out on the streets, drinking and taking drugs, do you actually see them witnessing to their friends? That's reformation. What about a place where we share everything in common? Like Acts 2, 42 to 47. That there's nobody in this body who needs anything because we look after one another and those that come through. The word of God says to look after the alien in our land. And I am so privileged to um, have a ministry sash that reaches out to the alien in our land who comes seeking refuge and help. 
because we're told to do that in the word and that's what we as a church are doing. The words that I spoke, the pictures that we carry. I had a picture um, when we first started the church. I had a picture of a huge stadium of people, huge stadium of people. And I was on the stage. They got to remember when I had that picture, I was full of fear. So I, for first of all, I was, what on earth am I doing on a stage? And I was on that stage. And coming up to the stage was a Sikh with a turban wrapped around his head. And he came and he kneeled down and he unwrapped that turban. And I was going, Lord, but where is everybody else? And I looked to the side and there was a whole stadium full of people of all nationalities and cultures and backgrounds coming. There was a queue, a line coming because they needed God. And then God gave me this picture of the world, a map with arrows that came out from where we were, from Manchester. And it went, they went into Europe and they went into Africa and they went to the States. There were arrows just shooting everywhere. And I know the World Harvest Bible Church is not confined to Manchester. It's not confined to Bradford. It's not confined to London. But God is doing something in this place because there are people who need to hear the word of the Lord across the world and he's doing something here in us so that we take what we carry, what we have and we go. But we need to know who he is. Who do you say I am? 